people have long wondered about the timing of Christ's return. Jesus said that it's not for us to know. But with all that's happening in the world today, there's another question worth asking. What is the most important sign of the end time? That's our subject now on Foreshadows Report. Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a podcast dedicated to helping people grow in their understanding of Bible prophecy. This is host Steve Miller. Each week, we look at what the Bible teaches about the end time, and we explore how today's events are setting the stage for what is to come. In Matthew 16.3, Jesus urged people to understand the time. In Colossians 4.5, we read that we are to live wisely among unbelievers, making the most of every opportunity. And Titus 2.13 talks about how we are to wait for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Those are the themes we address here on Foreshadows Report, understanding the times, living wisely, and living in anticipation of Christ's soon coming. Scripture does not reveal when the rapture will occur. We have no idea when Christ will snatch up all believers to heaven, which also means we don't know when the tribulation will take place, nor do we know the day of Christ's second coming. In Matthew 24:36, Jesus clearly stated, Concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So we shouldn't attempt to set dates. That information isn't for us to know. But Christ did say it would be possible for us to discern the general season of his return. That was the point of his parable about the fig tree. In Matthew chapter 24, the disciples asked about the signs of Jesus' coming. All through the chapter, Jesus described the signs that will precede his return. Then he teaches the parable of the fig tree. In Matthew 24, verses 32 through 35, we read this. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Jesus said that in the same way as possible for us to know that summer is approaching, it will be possible for us to get a general sense of when the end times are approaching. There's a reason Jesus explained the signs that would precede his return. He wanted people to be alert. We know this because shortly after the parable of the fig tree, Jesus said this in Matthew 24:42, Stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. So even though we don't know the day, we are to stay awake. We're to be alert. All through Matthew 24 and in other passages in the New Testament, we are told the signs of the end times. And as we look around us today, we see events and activities that show we are getting closer than ever to the last day. The events of the future are now casting their shadows into our day. 
And there's one shadow that stands out above all the other. There is one sign that is often called the super sign of the end time. We can legitimately call it the most important sign of the end time. That's because this sign must be fulfilled before many of the other signs can be fulfilled. Without the fulfillment of this one sign, it wouldn't be possible for the end times to take place. And what is that sign? The rebirth of Israel. For Israel to become a nation again is the foremost sign that God is now at work setting the stage for the last days. With this one piece of the puzzle in place, all the others are able to fall into place as well. Here's one example of this. We are told by Daniel, Jesus, and the Apostle Paul that halfway through the tribulation, the abomination of desolation will take place. Daniel spoke about this in Daniel 9, and Jesus described this event in Matthew 24, verses 15 through 20. Paul tells us in 2 Thessalonians 2 exactly what will happen. He says in verse 4 that the Antichrist will take his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. At the midpoint of the tribulation, the Antichrist will enter the temple and he will defile it. He will exalt himself, declare himself to be God, and he will blaspheme God. That's why this is called the abomination of desolation. But for that to happen, there has to be a temple in place. Right now, there is no temple on the Temple Mount. Instead, there is a mosque and the Dome of the Rock. Currently, this makes the Temple Mount the third holiest site in all of Islam. But again, Daniel, Jesus, and Paul all said that during the end time, there will be a temple on the Temple Mount. That temple must be there in order for the abomination of desolation to take place. In recent decades, there has been a lot of activity taking place in preparation for the fulfillment of this prophecy. There are Jewish religious leaders who have dedicated themselves to preparing for the rebuilding of the temple. They have already created all the temple furniture and implements. They have made robes for the priests, and there are priests being trained right now to serve in the temple. Architectural plans have already been drawn up. Everything is on standby, ready for the time to come that the temple can be rebuilt. Now, if Daniel, Jesus, and Paul all said there would be a temple in place and that the Antichrist will defile it, then we know it's going to happen. God's past track record for fulfilling Bible prophecy is 100%. Every prophecy to date has been fulfilled literally, and every future prophecy will be fulfilled literally as well. The past literal fulfillment of prophecy tells us that future prophecies will be fulfilled literally as well. So we can be certain the temple will be rebuilt. What we don't know is how or when. That's all in God's hands. He will bring about the circumstances that make it possible for the temple to be rebuilt. Here's the point I want to make. The only way this prophecy about the temple could be fulfilled is if Israel was a nation again. If there were no nation of Israel in the land, there would be no Jewish people to build the temple. Before the puzzle piece known as the rebuilt temple can be put into place, the puzzle piece that is the rebirth of Israel 
has to be in place first. The same is true about the prophecy in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39. There, we read about a future war that will take place against Israel. A group of nations will join forces, and together, they will carry out a massive attack against Israel. Ezekiel 38 verses 2 through 6 gives us the names of the country that will invade Israel. Prophecy experts tell us that they include Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, Libya, Algeria, and other parts of the Middle East, North Africa, and South Russia. These countries have never formed a military coalition before. That tells us this event is still in the future. And twice, Ezekiel 38 tells us this will happen in the latter days. The attack will take place either right before or during the end time. For any of this to take place, however, the nation of Israel had to be reborn. In fact, within Ezekiel 38, we find some amazing words about the rebirth of Israel. God explains in verse 8 that the enemy nations will go against the land whose people were gathered from many people upon the mountains of Israel. Its people were brought out from the peoples and now dwell securely. Twice, this tells us that the Jewish people will be gathered from the nations of the world and they will come to the mountains of Israel. This is a clear reference to the rebirth of Israel. And one chapter earlier, in Ezekiel 37, we read the prophecy about the Valley of Dry Bones, which is a prophecy about the regathering and rebirth of Israel. So the prophecy found in Ezekiel 38 will someday be fulfilled because the people of Israel are now back in their land. Without Israel in place, Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39 would not be able to be fulfilled. There are other prophecies about the end times that cannot be fulfilled unless Israel is a nation again. That's true about many of the prophecies in the book of Daniel as well as the book of Revelation. This is why we can say that the rebirth of Israel is the most important sign of the end times because Israel is a nation there is now a stage on which the end times can play out. Here's what's amazing. Israel became a nation again back in 1948. That's 76 years ago. The one piece of the puzzle that had to be in place before the other has already been there for 76 years. Think about it this way. The longer that Israel is a nation, the closer we are getting to the end time. Ever since Israel's rebirth, God has been at work. He's been orchestrating all the pieces that need to be put into place for the end times to occur. And he is doing this right now. He is working even through the war and all the other dangers faced by Israel. The Middle East may be in chaos, but God is still in control. One of the biggest consequences of the war between Hamas and Israel is that it is drawing Iran, Turkey, and Russia closer together. The very countries that will someday attack Israel, according to Ezekiel 38, are now building closer ties. And lately, we've seen Turkey turn against Israel. Just a few months ago, Turkey was ready to sign a major economic deal with Israel, a deal that would see natural gas from Israel be piped through Turkey 
to Europe. Relations were warming up between the two countries. All of that has come to a screeching halt, and over the past few months, the president of Turkey has been harshly critical of Israel, treating it as an enemy. Everything taking place now in the Middle East is happening in line with God's prophetic plan. He is orchestrating all that happens, and even though the fog of war has caused a lot of confusion about what's really happening, one thing is clear. God has Israel's back. For Israel to become a nation again, after the Jewish people were scattered for 2,000 years, is the greatest modern-day miracle in connection with Bible prophecy. This miracle serves as confirmation that God's plan is right on track. It is moving forward. Nothing will hinder the fulfillment of what God says will happen during the end time. At a Bible prophecy conference held in 1885, more than 60 years before Israel's rebirth, there were Bible teachers who recognized that God would one day make Israel a nation again. They had studied Bible prophecy carefully, and they believed God's promise that Israel would become a nation again. Here is what one of those teachers said. Every prediction with regard to Israel, from the beginning to the present time, has so far been fulfilled literally. The conclusion is this. The predictions concerning Israel's Messiah and their relation to him must also be fulfilled, and fulfilled in the same way. As surely as Israel has been scattered, so surely shall they be converted and restored. As surely as their Messiah came once literally, so surely shall he come again literally. And the teacher concluded by saying, Israel is then a living sign and reminder to us all that Israel's king is coming. When I read that, I got goosebumps. That was spoken in 1885. These teachers read their Bibles, and they looked at the Jewish people who were beginning to return to the Holy Land. They saw the existence of the Jewish people as evidence that God was at work. And that should be even more true of us today. As we look at Israel, which is now a powerful nation, we should get goosebumps. We are 76 years past the rebirth of Israel, and everything happening in Israel today is working toward the fulfillment of future prophecies about Israel. We have no idea how much time remains before the rapture the tribulation, and the second coming. But this we do know. God kept his promise to restore the nation of Israel, and he kept his promise that the nation would prosper. We are eyewitnesses to that. These promises are still unfolding before our very eyes. God's plan is marching onward. The most important sign of the end times has been fulfilled. The rebirth of Israel is the super sign of the end time. And each day that goes by, we are one day closer to the next events on God's agenda. What can we learn from all this? God is faithful. He keeps his promises. He said he would regather Israel. That has happened. And he said Israel would prosper. There is abundant evidence of that. Because God has kept all his past promises about Israel in the end time, we know he will keep all his future ones. Every time we look to Israel, we are looking at proof of God's faithfulness. And we're reminded of God's promise in Isaiah 
my counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. We live in dark days, but God's promises pierce that darkness, and they give us the assurance that there is coming a day when Christ will return to set up his kingdom on earth and restore justice and righteousness. The most important sign of the end times was fulfilled in 1948, and we are still seeing this fulfillment unfold today. God has been using all these years to get the stage ready for the end time. Jesus said that when the branches of the fig tree grow tender, we know that summer is near. Similarly, because Israel has been reborn, we know that the end times are near. Today's nation of Israel is a living reminder that God will keep every one of his prophetic promises. Every time we look at Israel today, we can rest assured that we are closer than ever to seeing those promises fulfilled. Thank you for listening to this episode of Foreshadows Report. I hope you've been blessed as we've seen how God is at work behind the scenes. He is bringing about the fulfillment of prophecies that he declared long ago, and he is setting the stage for future events. One of the best ways to get a sense for how close we are to the rapture and to Christ's return is to watch what's happening in the Middle East, especially in Israel. If you're interested in learning more about the other signs that will precede Christ's return, that's the subject of my book, Foreshadowed. In it, I share about 12 major clues that reveal Christ's return is nearer than ever. You can order the book by going to my website at stevemillerresources.com. There, you'll find links to the retailers who carry the book. If you found yourself spiritually encouraged by these podcasts, I hope you'll share about them with others. We now have an archive of more than 80 podcasts. If you know others who would benefit from these messages, you can point them to my website, steemmillerresources.com, and they will find all my previous episodes listed there. I look forward to having you join us again for the next episode, and I'm grateful to Harvest House Publishers for their support of this podcast.